0: welcome back to the wide world of wargaming age of sigmar podcast as uh per usual i am your host alex gonzalez and i have with me today our fellow co-host john how are you doing tonight
1: hey how's it going alex doing
0: well and we have our guest host michael on tonight michael how are you doing
2: very well doing very well tonight
0: Perfect, perfect. Uh, You know, Jeremy is going to be unexpectedly out, as will Garrett today. However, uh, we do have a lot to talk about. We're going to be primarily talking about uh, local RTT that both Michael and John went to uh, just prior to the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, We are also going to be talking a little bit about Michael's list, because he uh, didn't do too bad for himself then. Um, But uh, before we do that, uh, as per normal, John, what is on your workbench?
1: Hey, how's it going, Alex? Well, you know, I had another fine week. I uh, hope everybody out there in podcast land had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I know I did. I cooked a uh, big fat ham and all the fixings and uh, took it up to my wife's parents' house, uh, shared that with my daughters and kids and in-laws, and we had that that wonderful experience. Uh, after that, uh, I tell you, I went back to work on Monday after the long holiday, and, uh, you know, it's December 1st, and I'm ready to transition into Christmas mode. So I decided to uh, transition my musical playlist from my normal listening into Christmas mode. So I first thing I got in the car, I listened to a little Dio, Heaven and Hell, followed by some uh, Black Sabbath, Nativity and Blood, and finally some Santa Baby by Madonna, and then the rest of a wonderful Christmas list that I put together after that. And so now it is uh, all Christmas music all the time for me. Other than that, uh, you know, I continued to hobby, working on my Primaris Marines that I've mentioned a few times. Uh, Hopefully in about another month or so, I'll have those ready to drop onto the tabletop. And, uh, you know, attended a little tournament this weekend, and uh, I'm sure that we'll talk a little bit about that later. And, of course, the most important thing as we are moving into the holiday season, I decided to break out the uh, Glenlivet 12. Uh, I saw on Facebook that today is uh, Daniel Callahan's uh birthday and of course he was the one who gave me that Glen live at 12 over the summer so thank you again daniel about halfway through that bottle and enjoying it quite nicely so that's what i've been up to uh mr michael birch it was good to hang out with you this weekend but uh what's on your workbench what are you up to right now
2: hey john and alex so yeah uh, on my workbench today um, well i'm just going with just a regular bottle of water today uh, no liquor uh, that's I saved that for the weekend, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on my workbench as of, uh, you know, projects, I'm actually working on my, my Osiark right now. And uh, I'm actually working on my my uh, Mortec Guard as we speak. So.
0: Okay, cool. Well, you know, I, I completely understand that. I have a bunch of Osiark Bone Reapers on me as well. You know, now we are using this... Uh recording medium in interim that has a webcam so I can show you guys that I am building up some more tech guard here. Oh, um, that's tight. I wow. like
1: the uh, combination of what is that kind of a, a light red, maybe a pinkish red with a teal kind of color in there?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. We, we got uh, some banners that I'm still trying to put together. Um, it is going to be the typical burgundy as to most of my army and as well as a uh, you know, the kind of darker, um, I, I took a, a page from the Petrofex Elite uh, scheme, but didn't really like following all of their instructions, so much more blacker armor with the kind of sub-armor, the softer armor on the inside uh, being brown, um, and then rather than going for a gray, definitely going a little bit more for a black with some brighter gemstones instead. Um, I am almost completely done, and... Uh, with uh, the carrion, which is a pretty colorful bird Um, and then my version of the soul scream nexus or the bone type nexus Um, i don't like all the faces on it so instead it is a floating black obelisk with some uh creepy stuff on it and then did you uh freehand all those glyphs on there no just careful brushwork they're all carved in the cool thing about this army is that every single glyph is like carefully carved in. So it looks great. Um, You've seen my uh, scratch built um, soul mason before. Um, And to be honest, I really like the normal one more, even though it is also massively smaller. Um, So right now I'm almost completely done with my first soul mason. From there, I have a second soul mason that I'm building up based on a tomb king based on a tomb king old tomb king model with some extra bits here and there to ossify him so to speak nice. and um then uh, you mentioned in a previous attempt at recording uh conversions outside of uh the normal conversions i'm also doing a conversion on my bone type nexus that i'll keep away until i'm a little bit more done with it but uh i didn't like the um i feel like a lot of people didn't like the Harvester due to the fact that it is relatively one-sided, uh, meaning that you know, it's got uh, you know, tiny little feet. It's uh, almost all forward-leaning, and then it's got this long tail at the end. So it's got a lot of bulk to the bi- uh, on the base of its model for the first half of the model, and then it just kind of is an empty space. And oh, wow.
1: I- is it very tippy?
0: it looks very tippy but the the base it fits on its base well because of the fact that it's got this long tail and it just fits on there and you're just supposed to be cool with it i aesthetically don't like that i like to either not you know use a lot of negative space or have uh, a little bit more balanced space on my model and i wasn't going to just put a bunch of weird uh, normally i would fix that with basing but you can't really fix it with basing when there's just this big clunky tail that just kind of sticks out You know, for the final half of the model. Um, So instead, I actually cut the tail off of both of my harvesters, one that's uh, in queue for being primed in pieces, but uh, this guy's almost done. It is a a
1: harvester, a Gothazar harvester, and uh, I remove the tail. Oh, nice. You you got the the docked tail look. I like that. I like that in dogs. I like that in your bone reapers. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So uh, what I did do is I I'm going to be posing them a little bit more downward, almost like a gorilla type stance instead. Um, Almost like they need the the bludgeoning devices to walk because of those tiny little legs. Um, So, yeah, that is kind of how I'm going to do things with the harvesters from now on rather than have the standard look where their arms are like weirdly in a strange position it it makes no sense and it's just there to be there
1: so i like how you're going with a, a darker bone look too i think that uh, what's going to happen with all these aussie bone reapers out there that kind of come right on the backside of contrast paints you know contrast paints and the skeleton horde paint is an amazing paint looks great oh, absolutely but i think that we're going to see a whole lot of aussie bone reapers that look exactly the same so it's nice to see when somebody takes it a little bit different direction like you are.
0: Oh, don't get it twisted. I'm definitely using full use of contrast paints, but I am going for much more darker hues and darker tones rather than skeletal. Um, I, uh, I've i been seeing a lot of other ones, and quite frankly, if I were to pick a, a color scheme from this book, the Stalark Lords, which is the cavalry-based army, I personally think looks the, the best. Um, but... You know, with petrifacts, it's all supposed to be like, um, like, uh, like God's bone armor, like, like ancient civilizations, fossils, prehistoric beasts, a bunch of dinosaur bones. They're made out of. So, you know, for me, I'm like darker armor, uh, blacks, grays, browns, um, for the bone instead. So, yeah, um, that's that's kind of the standpoint that I'm coming from here, um, and then that's gonna be reflected on my uh, bone tithe nexus as well. Uh, but we'll get there when we'll get there.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. I, I like the idea of the little more petrified look too. That's kind of cool. It's just a, 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 you know, it's it's one of thing where where we, there's lots of things that we think about as, quote, skeletons, you know, but there's things that are also skeletons or could count as a skeleton, I think, that people don't often think of. Yeah. Uh, and that one thing is, is petrified bone. Uh, One thing might be, like, ivories and, and tusks and things like that that you don't see much. Another might be chitin, bony chitin yeah. or, you know, crab shell-type stuff that is also a, a bone-like material that might get in, incorporated. So there's it, all kinds of possibilities, I think, and we'll start seeing more and more of that yeah. as this uh, – army matures you know what it is is right out of the gate everybody's going to build it out of the box but give it a year or two and then all of a sudden everybody's doing the crazy stuff
0: well the cool thing is the book itself also shows some some crazy stuff um as a recommendation and they do pretty good for the painting guide in these newer books anyways um the ones that stand out are uh, the petrificx one is really just a gray bone in the book um, and then, you know, the generic bone look is on a few of them. The stalwark lords is a, is generic as well as, um, uh, the Praetorians, which is like the main book army kind of thing, the main artwork army. Um, but then you look at, uh, the Null Mariad, which is Arcan's, uh, army, and he's got, um, Uh, They're all made out of gravesand instead, so they're all jet black with some, like, purple and, like, green, and you're supposed to be carving, like, little symbols in their forehead or, like, painting little symbols in their forehead because they're all supposed to have one, like a glowing glyph. Um, and then the cool one, which people have been, I've been seeing a lot of, which is an awesome looking color scheme, but people have been making like their own versions of it, like icy instead of fiery, is the crematorians. And the crematorians, they basically explode when they die. On a five up, they can do a, for each model that just dies, they can explode and, and do mortal wounds to enemy units. So. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. And so the color, that's amazing. The color scheme is like a darker like, like, like a brown or like a, like a gray and like some bone, but then underneath them, like all the energy or all the little crevices, you're supposed to be painting, um, like, like oranges and reds. And like, you know, you see the inside of these, um, you know, the, the kind of, uh, inside of the, i can't use my webcam right now so um, like
1: like we're talking like where the cartilage and tendons yeah. and kind of areas so are so instead right? of
0: putting like energy there where all those little <laughs> skulls are that are like helping put keep that thing afloat it's like heads that are about to explode instead so a lot of orange red, oh, okay reds, sure fiery so the, i think that those look great um but you know still it's not the easiest army to paint by comparison to just getting a whole army out there and either taking 20 minutes on a airbrush or you know a whole day with a with a contrast paint and just going nuts with say you know hues of brown and, and bone instead so you know it won't be as common but i really like those ones that have been popping up here and Na- there
1: nice nice an army like that i think lends itself to putting a lot of effort into a few special models there's you know obvious centerpieces built right into the line uh and then of course you just got some scrubby troops that you can just kind of uh do the the zombie horde paint job on as it were
0: yeah of course of course
2: but uh, for for everybody out there in podcast land that can't really see the pictures uh, or the the models that uh, that Alex is showing, um, his harvester I would probably say clo- closely resembles a xenomorph's head with the little mouth coming out, uh, with the, with the top part cut off. I mean that's that's what I can say for like the color scheme that you're going for.
0: Yeah, that's the normal head though. There's that head was not converted.
2: Oh no no I, I don't mean it was converted. I mean like. If somebody wanted to look at a picture of what uh, you're
0: doing, like the easiest
2: way is to look at a xenomorph and his head and everything like that.
0: Got it. Got
1: it. Yeah, that's yeah, true. True. I mean, you, you, at some point you have to accept that GW only has so many artists in their studio. And so when you start saying, oh, gee, this looks like that or there's similarities, it's like, well, yeah, of course there's similarities. There's, there's a team of artists and they, uh, you know, look over each other's shoulders or it might even be the same person doing multiple model lines. Yeah. I really don't know much about their how they handle the model side of things. I assume that uh it's teams of people sculpting these rather than like one person sculpting an entire line.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it seems a little rough. Seems very rough actually. Um yeah. And with all this talk about Asiark Bone Reapers, uh, Michael, you and, of course, John, uh, you guys went to an event this weekend. and Michael, you didn't too bad, do too bad for yourself. You, of course, won the event. However, um, can you guys tell me a little bit about where this event was and uh, how the event went? John, let's start with you.
1: Sure. So this was up at uh, a new store uh, called Mad Alpaca Games in Fairfield, California. That's about 80 miles away from where I live down in Morgan Hill. Uh, So a little bit of a drive, but uh, I would consider that still within reasonable distance for me. And uh, I guess that location uh, was uh, and has been uh, a game store. I think it's Outflank Games, uh, a well-known game store for many, many years. And the owner apparently recently uh, called it quits, uh, closed up the store. And uh, the owner of Matt Alpaca, uh, oh, I forget his name. Was it Justin? Jason? Sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, I should have taken a note on that. My apologies. It was a very nice gentleman. Uh, so he and his uh, friends uh, I, I were had I, I, an opportunity honestly, to uh, purchase is, the store and, and move in, so they did. And they decided to call it uh, Mad Alpaca Games. Now, if you go to the Mad Alpaca Games Facebook page and uh, like it, uh, there is some in, more info on there about the store. And he has a little video where he talks about uh, why he opened a store and, in particular, why why mad alpaca and take this for what you will and this is what he says in his video on facebook so you guys can go and watch this yourselves but apparently uh and he is an asian gentleman apparently some of his friends with heavier accents when they say mad alpaca it comes out as "fuck off (laughs) and so apparently Mad Alpaca is just something you can say that if you have the right accent doesn't sound like Mad Alpaca sounds like you're saying fuck off. So that's the story behind the name. It's kind of wacky, but it's uh, it's a good game name with a good game story. Uh, So that's a little bit about Mad Alpaca. And uh, so gentlemen decided to run an RTT. I think he's been running RTTs every weekend uh, since his soft opening at the beginning of November. And uh, I know that he has another RTT next weekend. Is that correct, Michael? Oh, are you guys, are you both going to be going? Nice.
2: Yes, sir. He has it starting, I believe, at 11 o'clock on s- this coming
0: Saturday.
1: No, unfortunately, I'm going to be uh, working this Saturday. I am a slave right. to the grind lately. Uh, so you're gonna out out gonna be going to pass me up on best OSCEAR by having two events sure instead of one? Is that right? Actually.
0: Uh Oh, okay, 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 cool. Well, you
1: know, oh, not to mention that Mike is, of course, has his eye on winning uh, the upcoming that, winter correct. wars, so uh, he might lock down oh, a GT for well, Aussie Arc as well. GT,
0: so that that will be interesting. A little internal <laughs> uh, inter Corsair violence here. Uh, a little competition. Oh well, I mean, like I'm already solidly getting. Well, we don't have to talk about that.
1: Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. Let me let me just throw it on the table. Uh, well, I'm uh, definitely <laughs> going to be getting best night hunt
0: unless someone just wins like four GTs in a row with night hunt. Then, like, great for them, which is deserved. Oh, okay,
2: um, okay, yeah. There's there's always next season. He's third
0: place with three events, but he is 350 points behind. Uh, it's possible. It's Possible. I'm sure Jeremy can but, probably play uh, no. some night hunt. Really uh, <laughs> <one> or
2: two. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, and I have, I have this te- teammate called, you know, okay. James O'Brien. So I, I have no fantasies about rising any higher in the Skaven ranks myself. Understood. So. <laughs> Understood. You
0: know, it is the season for us to start thinking about these kind of things, right? A-
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take second fiddle to a mm-hmm. great player yeah, like definitely. James any day.
0: Definitely. Um, okay, cool. Well, uh, you know, of course, like any other event you want to prepare for it, John, uh, what did you bring, speaking of Skaven?
1: Sure. So um, one thing is, is I had a feeling that being as this was a new store, that it was also going to be a fairly new community. And I didn't want to bring the hardest stuff that I've been running. And and let's face it, uh, also, I didn't want to uh, to wear myself out on a Sunday for an RTT. So I brought a little bit lighter list than I've been bringing lately. I just brought mm-hmm. uh, Thankwall and Bone Ripper. I brought the uh, Vermin... And he had the um, Death Frenzy spell on him. I brought the Lord Warp Seer. And I went ahead and gave him the in My General, gave him the Master of Magic and uh, also gave him the uh, Suspicious Stone for the extra mm-hmm. five plus uh, Feel No Pain. I brought two Warlock Engineers. Uh, I bought brought 120 Clan Rats in three blocks of 40, two White Warp Lightning Cannons, and a block or a group of three giselles. So a uh, nice easy list for me. I wasn't expecting it to go very hard or do very well. Uh, I will tell you, I had to play the hell out of that list um <laughs> all weekend long to do well with it so it was actually a, a nice challenge for me uh how about you mike i am anxious to hear about the dirty dirty aussie arc list that you brought to this this friendly friendly tournament i i think the word friendly was literally in the title for the tournament and mike's like no i am gonna aussie arc them up yeah and you've been fucking how did you give them the list. bone mike
0: We're not talking about me. We're talking about you. You're the you're the person we're talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, okay, Mister. Uh, what do you what do you run over there? Like forty blocks, or you know? <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. All right. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's a list that I've been uh, been you know testing, play testing, um, uh, like I, I want to say about like three, maybe four times a week since they came out um yeah yeah i'm, I'm hitting it hard I'm, <laughs> what can i say um but yeah the list that i went with was uh you know petrifix elite um it's kind of the standard right now so um then i only have two leaders in, in this list so i have arc in the black and i have um catacross so you know you know two heavy hitters minus nagash so um and then for the battle line I have two 20 blocks of uh, Mortec Guard and uh, one five man unit of the uh, Cavalos Death Riders, which they did, they did some Oh, work. those are I'm dirty.
1: Those are you know? dirty.
2: Um, and then for the rest of my list, I have two uh, Mortec Crawlers. Those are the, the catapults. And then, yo, uh, anyone who thinks that these <laughs> catapults are bad they have it reversed it's not bad as in terrible it's bad as and they kick ass all right um and then to round up my list i have uh the nightmare predator which is the endless spell um not not too impressed with it to be honest i feel like i should just drop it and
1: hold Ooh, on that to sounds pretty points. tasty to me what, what do, do you approach? think alex is that uh, pretty similar to the stuff this you're running or is that a pretty whole different, different direction, direction that you've been I have playing
0: yet to bring um catacross i'm looking at his list right now um, I'm yet to bring Catacros, um, though I like the idea of him. Um, I bring much more. I bring Arkin and more casters, which is also slightly fluffier for Petrofex, anyways. They're all about their masons in particular, and then their casters. Um, uh, you know, I've been running one unit of ten or uh, twenty and two units of ten Mortec Guard instead. Or uh, re- more recently, I've been doing two units of twenty and one unit of ten with double harvesters. Um, he's using double crawlers instead. I want to let you know that you are your list. The only the only page that's viewable is the first page, Michael. So congratulations on being the only person to upload your list. But poo-poo on me not being able to see like half of the list. Um, <laughs> you know, I see that the the Clavus Death Riders I haven't used yet either um Arcan is of course always a great one to bring um you know you don't have to list all of his spells because he knows it autom- all of them automatically unless azure automatic oh smart 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 okay um yeah you know we've had a discussion i wish uh, uh jeremy was here because uh, it actually, i think he isn't the same vote as me out, about, about not necessarily yeah. thinking that the crawlers are going to be the best choice to be uh, to go because I mean, if I was a night player and I see the crawlers, I go, great, I am going to get within three inches of those crawlers, and they are not doing shit the rest of the game because they have a minimum of six inch range. Um, and you, there are armies that teleport and, and outflank and all that. So to me, it's just another possible thing that could go wrong. Uh, but you will find those matchups where you will just t- like tank your opponent's heroes round one and just go, great, what are you going to do now, um, which is, of course, probably one of your strategies on the uh, the armies that require people to hold objectives since uh, you only have two heroes. So um, I I don't think it is a list that I would run, but like most armies, there's no such thing as one list that rules them all. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my take on it, my hot take. oh are you now okay oh yeah oh ho, ho. well you know i also I have a unit of stalkers <laughs> but i've been thinking about removing the stalker I unit and just I adding down down for war, so I, will gladly I have a knight army they're on the same base uh, so i've been thinking about going to jeremy's house and uh testing a one two maybe even a three crawler list army so uh to to, to Uh, give you my final kind of comment on it. I don't think, uh, I need to test them before I make a final judgment. But on paper, I don't agree with Crawler Heavy List doing very well uh, beyond being like an ultimate spoiler list. I'm talking about like overall, like you'll shit on a Slaanesh player hard, but then you'll find like that KO list or our good friend Jack Ballard, his shooty, his shoot cast army will just like come in at the right time and just like, Kill everything, um, which will be a problem. You know what I mean. So, um, and actually, that I, I honestly, if Jack is listening to this recording, quite frankly, the more I look at it, and the more I've, I've games I've played, and the fact that you know more Tech Guard don't get rerolls against range attacks, it's just that's something that happens in the combat phase for a discipline point. Um, yeah, man, shooting is just going to be the best way to start eliminating Bone Reaper armies, especially shooting with rent. So, yeah, yeah, so. I think that his list would be brutal against yours, but quite frankly, I think his list might be brutal against mine as well. So that's neither here nor there. Then, uh, tell us a little bit about how your uh you know how how your day went.
1: Sure. Well, it was a great event. Uh, the TO uh, went ahead and used uh, realms. He picked one realm yeah. spell and one realm ability for each round. Kind of kept it under control. Printed everything out, uh, including terrain rules, so everybody had everything available to them. Had a nice uh, uh, step-by-step how to set up because he does have some newer players in the store so it was real nice for them my first round was against a local gentleman uh, older gentleman named Doug Farr and uh, I'd never met him before so a first time meeting and I think that he's an old fantasy player in so much as he had an absolutely beautiful Cities of Sigmar army specifically it was a dark elf army uh, it was all still on square bases beautifully painted. And if I followed what his conversation was, uh, I think he was telling me that this was the first time that he was uh, was taking this army out uh, to kind of give it a try with the new battle tome. And uh, so it was pretty straightforward. Dark Elves, he had a bunch of uh, uh, guys with crossbows and a bunch of, uh, I don't know, I don't know the Dark Elf units, some little guys with knives that ran up and chopped me. <laughs> uh, but the main thing was he had Gotrek in there and i was pretty worried we were playing the uh knife to the heart mission uh so it was basically uh turn three who can take whose home objective so i set up a a real solid castle with multi layers of bubble wrap around my side of the board and uh he gave me top of the turn so i took that opportunity to buff up uh took a shot at go trek with my Giselles, but that was about it i think i did one Uh, wound to him And then he started coming across the board. And after his first move, he was in range of my um, uh, warp lightning cannons. So the reason I brought two warlock engineers was so that I could overcharge both warp lightning cannons. So I overcharged the first warp lightning cannon. I rolled a five as the target. Rolled my dice. Did four. Four ones out of 12. So I had to do 4d3 damage to myself. Ended up doing six wounds to that Warp Lightning Cannon. It only had two left. And I did like, I don't know, four or five wounds to Trek. <laughs> it was pretty good. Got him about half strength. I forget what he has. A total like 10 or something like that. Nine or 10. I don't know. Because uh, I killed him quick enough that I didn't have to worry about it. And then I fired the second Warp Lightning Cannon and I rolled a one as the target. 12 mortal wounds launched into Gotrek, who was already injured. Uh, Of course, to get that, I rolled out of 12 dice, I rolled five ones, Alex, five ones. Are you kidding me? I rolled the D3s on those and did seven wounds to myself. So after one round of shooting, one Warped Lightning Cannon had two wounds left, one had one left, and Gotrek was dead. Goodbye, GoTrek Gurnison. (laughs) We had had a moment of a joke about how it was the uh, perfect matchup between uh, GoTrek and Thankwall. And we know who is the (laughs) greater hero in this case. Uh, Other than that, uh, I castled up. I let him come at me. He kept sending stuff at me, kept sending stuff at me. And once he had sent enough of his stuff across the field on turn three i jumped a 40-man block of clan rats that i was holding in the rear through my gnawhole, hole popped it up into his back line on the next turn he assaulted me and then i used a retreat move to jump onto the object or get near the objective and then on my turn i moved on to the objective and congratulations won so that was my round one great game against doug farr one knife to a heart by focusing in on the right moment to snag the objective from my opponent. How about you, Michael? What kind of dirty stuff did you do uh, round one?
2: Uh, well, I didn't actually do very much dirty stuff on round one because um, uh, my uh, opponent was actually – that was his first time playing okay. Okay. Uh, that army that he was playing. Oh, wow. I guess he had – yeah, yeah. He he had borrowed it from a friend – uh, that was at that tournament but he unfortunately was unable to to, to participate so he let his friend his buddy uh borrow oh, that Oh was place.
1: that uh Jeremy uh, Breda with the Ogre Moth tribes So
0: so how did how yes, did you sir. feel yes, um was... playing against someone who um, and I... didn't fully know their army yet and and immediately having <laughs> the easiest game round 1
2: Well oh, yeah. let me yeah. let me just let me tell you this right now I Asked him, I even re I I didn't even reinsure him. I was like, Are you sure that you wanna go first? And he said yes. And I said, Okay, just so you know, if you don't make that charge, I'm probably gonna shoot everything off the board. And he said, I'm still gonna do it. So I was like, Okay, you know what? I like your moxie. Let's do this. So you know we rolled out the dice. He failed uh, two of his charges. So uh, I went in, I charged up, blocked off. I want to say about three of his units. One was a uh, stonehorn. Uh, two were uh, let's see what were they called again? Um, his his cavalry that that can be. Oh, the mornfang packs. The mornfang packs. Yeah. So I blocked off two of those and and his stonehorn. Uh, I came around with a buffed unit of Death Riders, and in one round of combat, killed a uh, Beast Claw Raider's uh, Stonehorn in one round of combat. It was it was dirty. I felt bad, but I mean, at the same time, I did the best I could to help him out with a list okay. that I didn't even know how to play against.
0: <laughs> so, so what you're trying to tell me is that you're you completely lack empathy, and that like I don't know.
2: Well, I mean (laughs) at at so at some point my heart needs to get cold and 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 I can crack that smile of of a victory. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If I had a beer that'd be nice. (laughs) Great.
0: And that was your final game?
2: (laughs) No, that was actually uh, round one. Um so round two um I actually uh, went up against uh, one of our our teammates and one of my friends. Um, actually, he's, he's, okay. he's closely related to you, uh, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, but he's not related to you, uh, Mr. David Gonzalez. Um, he was playing his uh, bone splitters, and and oof, let me just tell you right now, the new bone splitters we that do. he has, they do work. They do a lot of work, yeah. Um, luckily, in that one, uh, I was able to out drop them so on turn one you know i captured both the objectives which was uh a duality of death and the entire game i was able to be ahead by one point and I, that's what basically won me that game um but i did do dirty to him though I, I sniped off his main shaman and uh his secondary shaman and he was pretty much down the whole time okay, what about casting, that third game so. Oh, the third oh wait a game second i Insta. I had a
1: second game in there too before we move oh, on oh, oh, so oh, oh, yeah so my round it. two was uh <laughs> also duality of death uh one of my i'm gonna say it right now duality of death is proving to be i think my actual favorite mission in Ooh. all of age yeah. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> nice shot alex sexy uh anyways so i played my round two against Corey cook who brought a skaven army and uh Now, Corey was really excited to play against my Skaven army. Uh, He hadn't played against a Skaven army before, and he was real surprised when I told him, you know, I myself have never played against a Skaven army. He's like, what? I go, yeah, ever since I've been playing Skaven. I have literally, I've played with people who have Skaven units, um, mixed uh, chaos and stuff like that, but never a full Skaven army. Now, his army was not dissimilar from mine he brought thank wall and bone ripper uh, he brought only one warp lightning cannon but he brought six storm fiends and those were equipped with ratty cannons uh, they had the mortars going on and then some uh, grinder fists uh going on for some close combat and then of course he had a bunch of clan rats going on he had the um warlock uh bombardier and then he also had the arch warlock so that was kind of interesting and so as we started deploying uh, i was real wary of his storm fiends you know the advantage of knowing uh, what his army is capable and what it can do to my army and so he placed those pretty early, and so he placed them on the, from my perspective, on the right side of the board uh, with all of his other shooting. Uh, he also had a Rattling Gun team over there, some Clan Rats. He put his Warlock Engineer and his Irish Warlock over there. And on the other side of the board, he only put Thankwall and a, uh, a Claw Lord, so I should mention he had a Claw Lord in there, and then uh, most of his Clan Rats. Just one unit of Clan Rats, uh, 20 block on the right-hand side, everything on the left. Now, I myself, on the right-hand side, put one unit of Clan Rats and one Warlock Engineer. And I put the entire of my army on the left. And I knew that I had slightly less drops than him, so I knew I was going to be able to take first turn. So opening a first turn, on the left where I have my entire army, I just shove one little thin string of clan rats forward and grab the objective and on the right hand side i did the same thing but i spaced them out so it only took me like five or six models to reach from my deployment zone and touch the very very edge of the objective i should mention that i recently received from our teammate garrett those uh large i think they're 12 inch diameter uh, mouse pad material that are the objective zones for aos so this weekend was the first time i was using those so it was uh there's a real advantage to playing those so i was able to literally put models touching the edge of an objective zone and hold those uh, so knowing clearly where those edges are is pretty nice so uh i had kind of planned this so he brought some clan rats up on the right on his turn and he set up to charge my guys but he wasn't actually in the zone to hold the objective So he shot my clan rats i pulled the five guys that were forward back left him with nothing to charge and also left him not scoring the right hand side so i scored both objectives turn one and he took the right objective from me or took it away but he didn't score it so he scored nothing turn one turn two i did the same thing but this time he was able to charge in but i had just enough guys there to deny the objective so i kept him from scoring the right objective for two turns while i maintained control of the left objective and then after that i actually just let him have the right objective he collapsed my units i jumped the uh uh, guys over to the left through the gnaw holes, and then I went super hard on the left-hand side. Thankwall went in. Uh, I used my, my double lightning cannons. It was brilliant. It was beautiful, and I basically never engaged those Storm Fiends. I left all his shootings stuck on the right side of the board. Every time he started moving it forward, I just kept moving myself back, but holding the edge of the objective. We got to turn uh, 5, and uh, it was a pretty straightforward win. In fact, I told him, I said, look, dude, my plan from the beginning was to deny you those points on turn one. After that, you were uphill battle after that. So we had a great game. Uh, Corey, great opponent, great Skaven player, and a pretty cool yeah. army. Looking forward to seeing what he does with that. And now, uh, going into round three, I'm going to keep talking because we'll save Michael's round three for, uh, for the end since it was the actual for all the marbles of the tournament. Now, at this point, I myself have two wins. But I have not scored my secondary objectives. So whereas uh, Mike had to play a teammate in round two, I actually played three new players, uh, local guys to the uh, Fairfield area each turn. And so my round three was also against Jeremy Breida with his Ogre Maw tribes. And uh, he again told me this was his first time playing it. Now, he showed me pictures of his real army, and he is a Slaanesh player. So he has a beautiful Keeper of Secrets, wonderful Slaanesh stuff, and was just trying out the Ogre Maw tries for fun. Uh, though by turn, round three, he was playing them fairly well. And I tell you what, I don't know, Michael, you might not have been very afraid of that army, but my, clan, my Skaven, my Clan Rats, terrified. Of that ogre army. That is the exact kind of army that can just shred what I brought to the table. So as you know, round three was Star Strike. So turn one, nothing on the table. I castled up, he gave me top of the turn. I sat there, did nothing. I think he was expecting me to move forward or something, but I'm like, hell no, why would I get any closer? In fact, I used <laughs> turn one to move back a little bit. <laughs> and so uh turn two happened. And uh, again, the objective drops, and I use my same trick that I did in the last round. I ran a little finger of clan rats out from my block, just barely touching the edge of the objective to score the center objective, and I went ahead and got that. Now, interestingly enough, I was actually able to hold that objective the entire game, because that one that came down on turn two actually came down in position uh, 11, which is... uh, all the way on the right side center. So the six-inch distance from the objective was actually touching the edge of the board, if you can picture uh, where that little 12-inch circle landed for that. So so that was that. And then um, round, of course, three, then uh, our objectives come down. And wouldn't you know it, my objective lands literally in the center of my entire You're army that's castled dog. up. <laughs> so... A lucky dog, and what can I say? His army, it just outputs damage, right? When he charges, the numbers he rolls on the charge—that's how many mortal wounds you take. So he charges you seven inches. You're gonna—he's gonna roll seven dice, and on a four up. If it's the hero or on a 6-up, if it's the Mournfangs, you're going to take Mortal Wounds. Uh, every turn that he's engaged with you, he's going to roll a dice. And if the dice roll is under the turn roll, you're going to take Mortal Wounds, right? So his army is just bleeding Mortal Wounds into my army. Stuff is dying. But you know what? There is one one absolute thing that Skaven are better at than any no other words. army that's out there. Do you know what that is, Alex? it is not mortal wounds no not even close what about you al uh michael you know what skaven are better at than any other army running away. running away yes they are i used my scurry away and the ability for clan rats to run out of combat and still charge to win that game every single turn every single combat i was pulling guys back pulling them out of combat And I tell you, the game was so close, it came down to turn five priority. I win turn five priority. I'm holding both objectives. I score 10 points. Game over, done. However, if he wins turn five priority, he didn't actually realize that he could win the game. But I, you know, again, being as as a fair player, I pointed out to him, I said, look, dude, if if you win turn five priority you take this one guy that's engaged over here he runs back to the objective the guy sitting on your objective charges my clan rats and since your monsters count as 10 for holding objective you take this objective from me at which point you win the game right so it really came down to the dice roll i got a four he got a three we shook hands because it was all she wrote so i can tell you i say this before i've said it again any game any game that comes down to a single dice roll to determine who the winner is you know that was an awesome game you know that was a close game you know that was a well-fought game so jeremy uh man i had a lot of fun with that game i hope you did too brother uh, look forward to playing you next time. That was a super, a lot of fun. So that was, uh, that was my day. Uh, on the other hand, uh, whereas I was having fun and engaging uh, with, with great, nice people, being friendly, making friends, uh, my, my dirty, dirty Aussie player friend, Michael, was over there just smashing face. Tell us about round, round three, Michael.
2: Oh, uh, round three. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, at the bottom of round one, uh, I was super salty. I felt like Alex Okay, man. when, uh, when it comes to mining salt.
1: Is that so? Well, who were you playing against round three, first off? Uh,
2: first off, I was, I was playing um, uh, Josh. Oh, n-
1: another teammate, Josh. Another and what teammate, was – oh, wait. I've played uh, Josh's list. I talked about it a few weeks yeah. ago on the show. He was bringing his uh, Cities of Sigmar shooty-shooty list.
2: Oh yeah, he's he's running uh, a hurricaneum with a battle mage, a hurricaneum no battle mage. Uh, he's running a uh, oh, what's that? a Luminarch. Uh Then he's got a th- uh, forty block of um, uh was it called? Ko the archnauts, all with sky hooks. Uh, Thirty block of uh, uh, Riflemen, and then he has the um, the chemist, and he has uh. I think it was a, a uh, the, the cannon or the um, the the, the rocket. Right. Battery. Yeah, the rocket battery. Yeah, and and he was, he also had the the bridges, which he, he never did some of the bridges in my game, but uh, maybe in some other games. And let me tell you this: he moved everything up fifteen inches first wow. turn. Wow. Yeah, because he was doing tempest eye, and and in tempest eye he's able to. Uh, run and still shoot and he gets bonuses to move first turn or the entire game and luckily for me um the realm we were playing which i guess uh, i don't think you had, had mentioned mm. in, uh, uh, <laughs> in, in shadow and uh yeah yeah so the range was set to 18 inches which sounds like a bad thing for me because i have probably the the furthest shooting in the game 36 inches but it's even worse for him because he's got to get into my line to even shoot anything. Um, so first turn, I-, I won the drop priority. Uh, I I literally deployed six inches away from the edge because I-, I did not want him to shoot at me turn one. Um, and then I gave the priority or I-, I gave the turnover to him. And then he's like, OK, well, everything's going to be sixteen inches. And I'm just <laughs> sitting there dumbfounded like, wait, what? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, so he moves everything up. Luckily uh, he had to spend one of his command points um, to uh, give an auto six to, to his Arconauts to move up so he was able to shoot. Um, so he was only able to give one unit uh, the ability to sh- to, uh, to run and shoot, which was the Arconauts. Uh, so he shot everything with the Arconauts at Catatros. Um, Ka- uh, and did 16 wounds to him right off the bat, and my heart sunk. I'm am just gonna tell you that right now. My heart sunk. I was like, well, uh, well, this is gonna be a loss, and it's gonna be quick. At least I can go and grab a beer. Uh, so we rolled for uh, for turn two, and luckily, I don't know, I don't know what Chaos God or or Nagash or anyone was was listening to me, but I won turn two priority. And I, I didn't, I didn't guess it or anything like that. I didn't even do anything. I just moved forward, charged his line, locked up all of his firing with uh, a twenty block, charged his flank with uh, my death riders, and I shot the, the hell out of his, uh, his heroes, because his, um, his two heroes give him plus one to hit, plus one to wounding. And then his other hero, which is the uh, Luminar, gives him a 6-up feel-no-pain. So even trying to kill his units off is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And, and considering um, he
1: hits on twos, wounds on twos, can get a re-roll in yeah. there, it, it's all nasty.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but with uh, with OCRs, at least with uh, the terrain feature and the big guys, uh, minus one to hit... His Arconauts were hitting oh, on the uh, Congratulations, fours because they were minus two. Um, thank you, sir. It's 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 quite hard to do. <laughs> um, and and luckily, um, this is serious? the first time I've ever taken advantage of my terrain feature ever. No 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 not not with the minus one to hit. Um, I had um, uh, uh, the big guy uh, cut catac- across standing next to the terrain feature when I charged. And anytime he shot at him, he was not only minus three to shoot because he, he, you know, look out, sir, and the two minus twos, or the two minus ones that were on him. um, But when he's standing within an inch of an obstacle, which your terrain feature counts as an obstacle, as as long as you're closer to the obstacle than you are to the people that are shooting at you, you get a plus one. Yeah, and you're within an inch. You get a plus one to your cover save. So he is a essentially a, a one-up armor save with a rerolling ones because of mystic Shield on <laughs> him. That was a really close game. Nice. And turn two priority was, was yeah, essential you go for up, either uh, a win or a loss. can heal
0: himself four, and Ark Hills him for. so that's all this earth three. So all of a sudden he goes up from one wound up to seven with the quickness. Three. Yeah. That's helpful.
2: Yeah. But yeah, that that was uh that was game three for me right there. Um I mean he he died but I still won based upon locking up all of a shooting and yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta go, and go fast
0: and, and loose the melee. in order to prevent Josh from you know boxing you in basically so wow yeah.
1: so that was good so that's that's, right. that's it mike went undefeated won the tournament yeah i went so... undefeated and took second place uh mike got his secondary objectives all three rounds uh i was only able to get my secondary okay. objective in the third round so i had uh set killing the big uh uh frost lord on a stone horn as my target and uh that was the first and biggest thing I killed in that entire army maybe the Wonderful. only thing I killed that
0: <laughs> <army> <laughs> well after. we all have the uh, <laughs> the uh, spoils of war then so congratulations on you guys on the event and uh, good luck Michael on next weekend's event um, is there are there any other upcoming events in the remainder of the year John?
1: Oh absolutely well you know I am playing in Willow Wars next Sunday. Up in Ronert Park. So our good friend Willow is uh, running a tournament at Fundemonium up there. Uh, So I'm going to be driving up for that. And of course, uh, we are a meager three weeks away from winter wars by time this drops it'll only be two weeks away from winter wars and uh so that's coming up going to be up upon us sooner than later again 21st and 22nd of december mountain view game castle winter wars be there or
0: (laughs) oh boy okay well you know (laughs) I, I look forward to seeing how all the prepare uh, preparations work for both, uh, Willow Wars And of course, um, you know, uh, winter wars as well, just right around the corner. In the meantime, uh, for all of our lovely listeners, if, uh, you, you know, want to definitely take a look and, uh, Give us a shout-out on Facebook. Uh, Leave us a review. You can also do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is going to be uh, John, Alex, and Michael signing off for the night.
1: Night, folks. You have a great week.
0: Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You
1: don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit.